Hi there, KGF Church family. I've got a couple announcements for you and I wrote them down because there's some details here that I don't want to forget. So let me get right to it. We are announcing our AGM right now. It's gonna be taking place on April 3rd and going for two weeks. It's going for two weeks because given the current restrictions we're under, we can't participate in a live AGM. So we're gonna do what we did a little while ago and have our AGM done through a series of pre-recorded videos and using a simple website. It seemed to work really well last time. We're gonna uh, take that approach again this time. Now you can lend your voice and ask your questions through that site as well. The videos and the site, like I said, will stay live for two weeks. So watch out in your inbox. You'll get a uh, link inviting you to take a look at that where you can look at all the different materials, our annual reports, etc., and you can check that out then. I also want to let you know that there will be a youth day camp for all of our youth at Morningstar Bible Camp on March 27th. That's the last Saturday of spring break. It's going to go from around 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. for all youth, but there are, of course, limited numbers. So parents, please check your email. It should be there today, hopefully for you. Uh, there'll be, uh, there'll be a, a link to registration there, as well as more details in that email. And finally, last but not least, Pastor Phil has written a reflection on what it means to be the church now at COVID-19's one-year mark. And he shot a recording of that as well with Galen. Now you can find the link for that in our newsletter. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, we want to invite you to, to give what Pastor Phil has written a read or watch the video and then join us for a time of KGF in conversation where we're going to have an opportunity to reflect on all the lessons we've learned from one year uh, of this pandemic and a chance to pray together as a church as well. That conversation will be via Zoom at 7 p.m. on the 17th. That's a Wednesday next week or I should say this week. So please email the church office for your link to that event. Now, I'll let you in on a little secret. Pastor Joel is preaching today, so I'm excited. I hope you enjoy the service. I hope that what Joel says is an encouragement for you. And that is your announcements for the day. Church, as we continue to head towards story and scripture and a message this morning from Pastor Joel, from the letter to the Philippians. I just want to invite us to consider just pausing for a bit and saying it's okay to lament. This week is the one-year anniversary of COVID-19. Our lives have all changed, and it can be hard, and there's lots of opinions and different ways of thinking about this, and our experiences are all over the map. And This week, I recorded a talk called Paniversary, Lessons from a Year Pandemic. It was released through our newsletter and through Facebook. Please take a listen. And it's an invitation to begin a conversation and to think well about being the church now. And as we think about what that means in a time of lament, I want to share some sad news with you. We're very sad to let you know that Dennis Knox, who's a friend to many in the KGF family, passed away early Friday morning after a very brief uh, battle with cancer. Uh, Sheila and uh, Dennis's kids and grandkids um, are, of course, in lament and mourning. And so we invite you as a church family to join them and to walk with them in these days. And as we consider what it means to continue to be the church, maybe there's somebody lamenting in your life and the Holy Spirit brings them to mind. Then Maybe they need to go for a walk with somebody. Maybe they just need a call or a note of encouragement. Let us be this type of people, bringing the joy of the Lord to 
the compassion of the Lord, and sometimes just the lament that things aren't the way they're supposed to be. But God is our hope and our refuge, and so it's to him and his power that we turn as we continue to worship together. Good morning, church. It's Marissa, and I'm here with Danny. Um, you might recognize Danny. She's helped in worship a few times before, and I'm so encouraged to have her here. She has such a beautiful heart, and um, you know she's been helping out in DT a little bit on Saturdays. And so, Danny, I would love to hear your heart on what the last five and a half months have been for you. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty interesting. So. I got shingles back in October, which was, we just calculated actually five months ago now. And yeah, I just got quite sick, but it wasn't that big a deal. And then I thought I was fine, kind of pushed through. And then it's turned into this long-term viral tale, I guess, where I've been exhausted. I've had really weird symptoms like swollen feet. Um, yeah, I've just been unable to do anything that I love doing, uh, and that's been pretty hard. Mm -hmm. But yeah, through that, I have learned so much, and God has done so much. Um, and I shared this story with Joel. <clears throat> um, my friend actually phoned me up on a Monday, and she was encouraging me that she'd been praying for me, and that she really felt that the Lord had reminded her of a testimony of this lady who had been really sick and the Lord had used her more to reach more people through her sickness than before when she was well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and she just really felt to share this with me. And then she also added, of course I'm praying for your healing as well. And I was like, great, thanks, because I'd really like to be healed. Um, but that's also really encouraging. And she just said to me at the time, as long as you're really seeking the Lord every day, really seeking the Lord, reading your Bible, seeking the Lord every day, mm -hmm. then you're doing exactly what he wants you to be doing, and that's enough. And he will use you in that. And I didn't realize at the time, I thought that was an encouragement, obviously, but I didn't realize that it was actually a prophetic word. I had a phone call from a medical professional based in Quebec to book me in for an iron infusion. Mm -hmm. Standard. And I don't know how this happened. We ended up talking about Jesus for half an hour <laughs> and I shared the gospel with her over the phone and she was just, she was just started to really listen. Mm. And I, I was like, huh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Isn't this what my friend Vicky said was gonna happen on Monday night and it's Thursday and this is the second time this week that directly through my sickness, I've been able to like do what God <laughs> wants me to do and you know what I mean and interact with people because that interaction is so important mm -hmm. oh, yeah so that was just brilliant um and then there's even more so this past week the same lady who phoned me up to book the iron infusion actually accidentally phoned me again <laughs> accidentally no seriously <laughs> this, this is what was so amazing I was like God can you get any more obvious so she phoned me up and she thought I was someone else and she starts talking to me and I was like, oh, hey, Anita, how are you doing? <laughs> and she was like, wait, this is Danny. I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm not supposed to, I'm confused. And I was like, oh, really? She goes, yeah, my computer's glitched out. I don't know why it just made me call you because you're all sorted and booked in. And I was like, yeah, funny that. <laughs> like, not funny at all because God knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just said, so how have you been since we last talked? And she goes, oh, I, 
I really need a vacation. I'm really, really stressed. I'm really struggling. Um, and she goes, maybe I'll just, you know, go and have a picnic in the snow and sit in the garden. She's in Quebec. And I was like, how would, how would it feel if you didn't have to seek external circumstances and experiences for, mm. for joy? Mm. How, would, how would you like to have Jesus actually living inside you, bringing you joy? And I shared the story of the woman at the well um, and actually a bunch of other scriptures as well. And that's what's so beautiful is this promise from the Lord that he will bring to remembrance all the things that he said to us. Mm. And I truly believe that the more we're in scripture, the more we're reading this, the more he can bring to remembrance at the time when we're having these conversations with people mm. and just he just pulls them out. <laughs> and you're like, where did that come from? I haven't read that for, you know, however long. And mm. yeah, he just knows. He knows exactly what people need to hear yeah. and exactly when. And she, she really started taking it in and she was going, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I really need to think about this. Mm. And then at the end of the call, I just said, you know, there's no accidents. <laughs> there's, there's no, it's not a coincidence that your computer broke and exactly. you ended up phoning me. Like, that was God. And that's how we left that phone call. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, again, I love how you said you don't have to seek the external circumstances, mm. especially if you already have Christ in your life. Yes. And like the, and yeah, Church, I hope, I hope you hear the, how God has used Danny in opportunity, like regardless, a phone call, like I, <laughs> I would never have met this woman. I would never have met no. her. And what, it, and how much she needed that, Yeah. how much she needed to, to have someone fill her life with the joy and peace and rest of Christ. Yeah, so good. Ah, and it happened again. <laughs> it's just God just never stops. Hmm. And oh, yeah, this is something that's really been on my heart. Is that I I feel like so many people have have felt like everything needs to stall and wait until restrictions are lifted until they can do things again or like move in the spirit. And we don't have to wait. God doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. He can use us in any situation. And, and that's so important. If we just seek him every day, like my friend said to me, he'll provide the opportunities. He will do it. Mm. Mm. So, ah, church, I hope, I hope you hear that God's heart is to use you in any and all opportunities. Mm. And to be praying for those opportunities. Like, medical appointments, phone calls, um, like everything that you're doing. God is not limited by anything. And, and so I hope a challenge that you hear from us this morning um, is to be praying for those opportunities, mm -hmm. to not shy away from them, uh, to share your faith with your brothers and sisters, to talk about faith within the church, but also outside of it. Um, and like the fruit that, that I've seen in my own life mm. and the fruit that you're like you constantly see on a daily basis is so incredible yeah I love it and we just we just have to keep seeking him in that I, I love this in Ephesians and I think you guys studied Ephesians recently didn't you mm -hmm. um, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not as a result of work so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus 
for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's actually, he's, he's not just saving us and then, ta-da. <laughs> he's like, I've created all of these works for you to walk in with me and see me work. And there is nothing that fills you up with more joy than seeing the working of the Lord. Mm-hmm. We could go on and on and on. Yeah. There's so many stories. And, and church, I, I would encourage you, if, if this is something that you are hearing and you are receiving, to reach out to us so that I can get you connected to Danny. Um, I can get you connected to the church. I can get you connected to someone. Um, because God works through all of us. Mm-hmm. And... There's opportunity here for God to open your eyes, open your heart, um, or open someone else's eyes and someone else's heart through what you've been going through um, and how God is, is shaping and transforming you. And so, Debbie, thank you so much for coming. Um, and church, be encouraged. Thank you. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach the Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing that is in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Hey, KGF family, my name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Just before we get started with today's message, just a quick reminder that we are memorizing Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, together as a church. We're encouraging you all to memorize that. It's a fantastic passage of scripture. Um, uh, It's one of my personal favorites because because of how it highlights the character of Jesus. Today, we're going to be taking a look inward as we examine ourselves in this question. How can I make God's mission my main thing in my relationships, vocation, opinions, and household? Kids, as we go through the message today, I want you to draw two things for me. First, draw what is most important to you or make sculpture out of Play-Doh, whatever you have lying around. What is most important to you? Maybe it's a toy or a person or a friend, whatever. Then draw a picture of what you think is most important to your parents and then talk about it with them after the message today, okay? So what is most important to you? And second, what is most important to your parents? Go ahead and draw something or um, make something out of Play-Doh or make something out of Lego. It's up to you. Have you ever wondered why it is that you choose to watch this service in particular? There are, uh, I, can, I can think of like 10 other services just from like the Okanagan that you could be watching instead of watching this one if you so desired. So have you ever stopped 
to consider why this service. When I was a kid, I didn't always want to go to church. Uh, it was boring sometimes. Uh, it wasn't always entertaining, and sometimes it asked more of me than I wanted to give. But I remember one night when my dad was driving me to youth group, uh, and I was kind of dragging my feet that evening. He said, Joel, going to youth, it's not about you. It's about how you can help others in their walk with Christ. It's okay to admit that sometimes it's hard to drag our feet out of bed to watch yet another thing on screen. I feel you. I really do. But this service matters because this community matters. And this local church is one that makes God's mission its main thing. I bet most of us are actually watching this service because deep down we believe that Jesus came to make all things new. And not only do we want to see that happen, but we want to partner with Christ in making that happen and partner with a local church that is partnering with Christ to make that happen. Uh, my dad might say that participating in a local church body is putting God's kingdom first or making God's mission your main thing. It's one of the ways we do that. So let me ask you, how many people around you in your workplace or at home Wherever you go, how many people around you know what your main thing is? How many of them know what you live for and why? And this leads us to our text to today, to, for today, which is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. It says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now let's unpack that for a second. As you remember from Phil's sermon a few weeks ago, um, Paul wrote Philippians when he was in prison in Rome. Uh, he was under house arrest, and he was awaiting his trial before Nero, the emperor, at that time. While under house arrest, he was chained to a Roman guard at all times, or we could say that a Roman guard was chained to Paul at all times. As a result, this meant that Paul would have had literally nothing better to do than to talk with that Roman guard about Jesus and about the gospel. So what the Roman authorities thought would hinder Paul's ministry by putting him under house arrest, it actually amplified its effects and it brought Paul's ministry into the heart of Rome's palace as he was able to witness to the guards every day. Those guards could have gone from um, being chained to Paul to in the presence of the emperor in the same day. And this is Paul's place of witness. 
Because Paul made God's mission his main thing, even in his chains, the entire palace guard knew the gospel. Because of this, they also knew that he was in chains only because of Christ, not because he was a criminal and he had done anything violent to deserve this sentence. Um, the only threat that Paul represented to the Roman Empire was in his claim that Jesus, not Caesar, was Lord. To Paul, Jesus Christ and his gospel were the main thing, and the guards in the palace in Rome knew it. So you might be saying to yourself, but I'm not in chains. I'm not, I'm not even suffering. Actually, in spite of the pandemic, I might, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, well, here's some good news for you. You don't have to be in chains in order for those around you to know what your main thing is. Our situation, whether it be chains like Paul, social distancing, isolation, and varying degrees of it, our situation reveals what our main thing is to those around us. So what have the COVID restrictions on your life revealed to others about you and about us? The story we heard from Danny today illustrates beautifully how God can use a bad situation for a good thing. Danny made herself available to God by making him her main thing. And he used her situation to reach different people and to advance the gospel. Throughout the history uh, that we have in our Bible, um, God has illustrated for us over and over how he can make good things out of bad situations. God uses Joseph, a man who is betrayed by his brothers and sold into slavery to Egypt. He uses Joseph to save Egypt from a seven-year drought and in turn, eventually, even Joseph's family. God uses the trial, torture, and execution of his own son, Jesus Christ, to provide the sacrifice for all mankind and to reconcile us to himself. And God uses the suffering of the persecuted church from the first century onward to today to spread his gospel even further. And some of the fastest growing Christian communities are in countries where it is most illegal to preach the gospel. God used a man named William Tyndale who was on the run from the Roman Catholic Church for his whole life hiding. He used him to translate our Bible into the earliest versions of the English Bible. So whatever it is you're doing with your life, whether it be prospering, whether you're unemployed, isolated, thriving, working, volunteering, parenting, or playing, you can be making God's mission your main thing today. So let's do some self-reflection. Let's do some self-examination now. If you call yourself a Christian, do people around you know what your main thing is? If I looked at your social media, what would I conclude your main thing is? If I was in your household, what if I was in your workplace? 
I have this Venn diagram over here. I'm going to walk over to it. Where is God in this picture? Is he, is he just in your beliefs on Sundays? Is he, is he in your family and in relationships, but maybe he hasn't filtered into your workplace yet? Take a moment and just reflect. God, where do I start? Where do I need to start bringing you in to these different spheres of my life and making you my main thing in those spheres? So I preach this to myself as well. Are we championing the, championing the cause of Christ first and foremost, or are there other causes that we put before him? Are we wasting time on social media yelling at others for being anti-lockdown or pro-lockdown or pro-this political person or pro-that political person? Or are we making God's kingdom and his gospel the main thing? Let us be a people who put the kingdom of God first. Not our rights, not our politics, not our opinions. Christ, the gospel, and his kingdom must come first. When we manifest the very presence of God in the world by becoming like Christ, acting like Christ, and taking on the mindset of Christ, we bring his kingdom here into the present right now. The mind of Christ is what it says in Philippians 2, 5 to 11, taking the form of a servant. When we speak a calm word to someone who's angry, when we help someone carry groceries to their car, when we care for our children and our spouses and the needy and the widow, we are putting God's kingdom first. This is not easy, but it is the call of Christ. And it's worth taking a good look at ourselves to see where we need to do some adjustments. Let's keep reading from Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 15 now. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. These last four verses complement the previous three in that the first three show that the gospel can be advanced in any situation. And the next four verses show us that the gospel can be advanced through anyone. The good news of the gospel is found within the gospel, within Christ, because his plan and purposes are always good. The gospel is not dependent on a perfect person with perfect motives. After all, you're watching me instead of somebody else, at least in part because you believe that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul uses the metaphor that we are jars of clay, commonplace items that can carry important, precious treasure 
of the gospel from one place to another. I'm nothing fancy. You're nothing fancy. We are just useful vessels that can carry the most important thing that there is. You're nothing fancy, but you carry the most important thing there is. This is important on two levels. First, it means that you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have the best testimony or the best car or the best relationships or the best grades or all your problems figured out in order to be used by God. God can use you just as you are. That doesn't mean he wants you to stay there. He does want to grow you and to make you more like him. But he can use you as you are. Second, this is really important reminder because what is true for us and how God can use us is also true for others. It's true for our friends who go to that other church where we don't like their, their pastor. Uh, it's true for some of these pastors that we see that we think maybe they're basking in the limelight just a little too much. I've realized in my own life how easy it is to fall into both of these traps. Paul's invitation to us is to recognize deep down that we all have the same potential to be used by God if we make him the main thing in our lives. The gospel is stronger than our failures. Problems arise when we make ourselves or others out to be anything more than a useful vessel, a mud jar, a jar of clay that can be used to spread the gospel. Though Paul, of all people, could have boasted about his achievements, he says he will only boast in Christ because he knew that if people had put their trust in him, a mud jar, instead of in Christ, then when he died or if he fell mortally, their faith could be shaken. The power of the gospel is not found within the life or quality of its container. It is found in its very own truth. In some ways, the fact that our faith has survived so many human failures is testament to its power and its truth. Church leaders, fathers, popes, and televangelists will continue to disappoint us. But Christ and his good news will stand firm to the end. Amen. So spreading the good news of Christ is the main thing of the church. It is why we exist. The Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. Are we ready to make it our thing too in every sphere of our life, in our workplace, families, relationships? Are we willing and ready to put his kingdom first and let it inform our opinions and our politics? So today, um, we're going to pray. And then as we go into the discussions in our homes and in our hub groups, we're going to reflect on this question. How can I make God's mission my main thing in my relationships, vocation, opinions, and household? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, 
Your plan from the beginning was to reconcile us to you and give us a new hope and a new life through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your ever-sufficient grace, which makes broken mud pots into useful ones. Help us to treasure your gospel and steward it well. Help us to not write others off because of their flaws and remember that we have flaws too and you can use us too. And most urgently, Lord, help us to know you not just as a father and a friend, but as a master so that we would have the mindset of Christ becoming like a servant. Amen. Thanks, church.